Oh my god. It's only been a couple hours since I recorded my last one, but... <laughs> I just have to do it again. Because I'm a fucking idiot. Like, beyond stupid. I swear to fucking god. <laughs> I'm like actually trying to hold back like the the negative self-talk that wants to like really go wild. Um, but what the fuck? Hi, cat. Um, but yeah, so I was this morning whatever, I just, a couple hours ago, I just decided to use up my last canvas and the bit of paint that I had with an idea that I had, and it kind of turned out weird, but whatever, it's fine, um, yeah, I don't know, I can always paint over it, um, but either way, it's been like, usually how it goes for a painting is I have like, I'm, I don't have, like, any sort of, like, setup. <laughs> like, when I watch videos of people on, like, YouTube or even people making, like, the reels or IGTV videos on Instagram, uh, they always have some sort of a setup for their for like their area where they do art but I don't have one the only area I have is I have like a rug that I got from Walmart for like ten dollars or something when I moved in here although I, I, I want to get rid of it but just because it's black and so every time like anything ends up um on it like the like, my, the cat's, like, food sometimes gets on it, or litter from, like, their feet gets on it, or whatever. It shows up a lot, um, but whatever. I have, so I have that rug, and then I just have a bunch of cardboard boxes from, like, pizza boxes that are left over that I've been using to, like, catch paint so that it doesn't get on the carpet in my apartment. And that's been working okay, at least as far as I know, it's been working okay. And anyway, when I finish a painting, you just kind of have to leave it there for a while. And usually I leave it there for a few hours. Um, and then, and then once it's like somewhat dry, like it's, it takes like a, a couple of days at least a day usually to get like completely dry but I at least dry enough where I can pick it up and I have like a I have a desk that comes with my apartment and I just put like the paintings on the on the top of the desk to kind of set them up somewhere and uh and that's how I kind of decide if I like them or not I just kind of stare at them for a couple days before putting them into the and like take it I always that's when I take pictures of them and put them on social media and then put them in like the closet that I have where I keep all the my paintings um so 
it had been, it's been probably like six-ish hours, something like that. I honestly don't remember when I did that painting. It's been a while since I did it, like long enough where I couldn't like pick it up and where I could pick it up and put it on top of the desk. But like when I picked it up, there was some, um, because I just use like pizza boxes, sometimes like the paint that I don't have, like some people have like little stands that they use that they put, that they rest like the canvases on after they do a painting so that the back doesn't get like the paint from that like dripped down um, when you're moving it around onto like the back of the painting but I don't really have anything for that so I don't do that um so sometimes the back gets like some paint that like dripped off that are on the boxes because that's where I set the painting when it's drying so I did that and so sometimes when I do that I pick it up and there's like some wet paint on the back and I didn't want it to get on the wall so I like went to go set it on the love seat so that I could go get some paper towels and then like wipe like the sides to get like the paint up and then put it up on the desk so I go to do that and then I pick it up off the love seat and a bunch of the paint from the front came off onto the love seat that 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 noise you're not hearing is me just like sitting there blinking because I could not believe that happened like and it was more like a like what the fuck is wrong with me why would I set like a painting that I just did a couple hours ago like usually if I I always get usually how my creativity works is that I always get I always want to do more creative things at night and around like midnight or after or something especially but at nighttime more than like during the day or in the morning um that's always when I get just inspired for whatever reason and so usually what happens when I do one later and at night I'll do one and then it'll sit there like all night long and I'll look at it in the morning and then I'll put it up and everything will be dry but it hasn't been that long because, you know, it hasn't been eight hours at least since I did it. So, like, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me that I, like, set it on something and it hasn't been long enough for it to be completely dry. So, I just spent the last, like, half hour uh, using, like, this the good, this good like, um, it's, meant, it's supposed to be meant for carpet cleaning to like spot clean and it works really well for my cats like whenever they like this morning one of my cats was like puked up because I don't know I think he ate too fast um which happens when you have cats and when I got up I cleaned it up and used that spot cleaner stuff and it, it looked it you can't even tell that anything was there um so I used that and it got off like some of it but there but there's still, like, paint that, there's, like, some that is black and some that, it's, like, red paint, but it looks almost, like, pink. And it's on, like, the side of my, on, like, one of the armrests on the love seat. And the love seat comes with the apartment. Like, just to recap, <laughs> in the last week, I almost 
started some macaroni and cheese noodles on fire in in the microwave that comes with my apartment <laughs> and um and like the the microwave still works but there's like little brown like whatever like stains I guess around the side of the microwave I haven't even tried to look up like how to clean that because I can't I can't like buy anything for the next you know 13 days basically to try to clean it so what's the point in looking it up now when I can't do it yet um and then like five or five days later I get paint like all over the side of the fucking love seat <laughs> like when I was cleaning it when I saw that I was like the first thing that popped in my head was well, that that's one security deposit I'm not gonna fucking get back <laughs> like granted you know I can uh there are things that I can do like I can look up on the interwebs because the interwebs always has different things to try and if worse comes to worse I can um not if worse comes to worse but like basically like I would try this stuff from the internet and then one day when I move out, whenever that would be, um, I would get, like, some, there are people on, like, Thumbtack, uh, by the way, I don't know how you wouldn't know this if you've heard any of the episodes that I did right after I moved out, uh, from my last apartment, but Thumbtack is a wonderful website. <laughs> it's, technically it's a website slash app and it's really great it's for basically freelance workers and like if you have any kind of job that you need done you can go on like I'm I'm partly tempted to go on Thumbtack as being like just like try to sell my paintings on there although I don't know if I can do that because I from what I saw on there I didn't see anything about art I saw things more on, like, the home improvement end, but that's just what I was using it for. Like, I used Thumbtack to find the two different plumbers that I used to come and, like, look at my toilet at my old place, and I used it to pay, a like, a place to come into my old apartment and do, a, like, a deep clean when I moved out. My sister and I used that website, like, years ago when we first, when we still lived together, and, like, this was legitimately six years ago at this point, and, um, and we used it to find, to, uh, like, have somebody come in, because we were thinking about painting our walls, and then ended up not doing it, which, thank God, because we ended up moving out of that apartment, like, not that long, like, a year after that, and if we would have painted the walls, we would have had to pay somebody to come in and repaint all of them, and that would have taken a while, <laughs> So I'm glad we didn't do that. But we went on there and to see how much it would cost. And we also found, like, a handyman guy that came and put together all of our IKEA furniture in, like, six hours. And we got a lot of IKEA furniture during that move. <laughs> so, like, it's a really handy website. So I can, I'll probably, no matter what, I'll probably go on there and have, like, some and have somebody come in that's supposed to be able to, like, super deep clean 
like carpet or not carpets but like couches and stuff like ironically when uh, my sister like my sister and her boyfriend has have had the same like she's had the the couch that she's had for 10 years now like she got that her and her ex actually um got that couch together literally 10 years ago and almost 11 years ago now um and it's a really nice couch but it's also they're like trying they're going to get rid of it eventually whenever they find a new one basically but um when I lived there they had somebody I like because of my like success and finding people on Thumbtack they went on there and found someone to come in and like deep clean their um couch when I lived with them and they were really happy with it it looked like a like a new couch after they were done and they and they had like some spills from like spilling food and soda and stuff on it before so like the the saving grace thing for this apartment is that everything here is a little bit older like the microwave was not new like, I still want to find a way to try to fix, like, the sides so it doesn't look like that somewhat soon before I just, like, you know, put it off forever and then never do it. But the love seat, like, is pretty, you can, I can tell it's pretty old. And I could tell that, like, before I moved in, they had it, like, deep cleaned and stuff. Um, so at least with that, like, I know that, um, I'm not going to feel as bad because it's not, like, brand new furniture or anything like that, but it's still also just kind of like, what am I doing? What's happening here? Like, I usually don't do stuff like this, and in, like, less than a week, I, like, almost, I ru almost ruined one of the appliances in my kitchen that I use the most, and then, get like paint all over like the part of the love seat that I that I sit on like and the the high point is that there really isn't anything else that I can do in this apartment to like ruin it like there's some uh there's like a little bit of paint on like the heat the heat the heater thing that goes across the wall from that because just because it went over where my um rug is but I also know from when I lived with Cassie and we were like cleaning up the room that I stayed in she found like a super easy way of um of getting paint off of things so I I know that's not even going to be hard to get off um and other than that, yeah, like, other than, like, the, now, like, this freaking paint stain that I left on the freaking love seat, <laughs> and, like, the stain from, like, trying to, like, burn the shit out of some noodles in a microwave, there really is anything else I can do to, like, destroy anything in this apartment, because, like, everything else is, it's a pretty small apartment, <laughs> and I don't really use anything else very much, like, I've never used the desk, I use the desk to, like, look at my paintings, and there's some, like, I put, like, my work computer and stuff on there. Um, the monitor that I never use from my, that that's supposed to be, like, a work monitor. Like, I'm supposed to use it as a second monitor that I never use because I don't like, 
I don't like it, is on there. And actually, honestly, the monitor is broken. When I... I think when I got to, like, when I got to Cassie's place, I tried to set up the second monitor, and, like, the screen, like, just had, like, a green line down the middle of it, and I was like, okay, so we definitely broke that when we moved that in here. (laughs) Um, so I've been procrastinating telling my job to, like, send, uh, like, a box or whatever to me so that I can send it back, because it's broken. (sighs) But... Other than that, I don't really use anything. Like, there's stuff in the... There's one closet, like, a bigger closet that I use, but the stuff in there isn't anything that will, like, break anything, really. It just kind of sits there. There's a smaller closet, but there's no way I can break anything in there because it's just, like, pill bottles and stuff. The... Like, the bathroom should be fine. Um... Yeah. I'm just sitting here like, what is wrong with me? Why do I keep making stupid decisions? Like, I was just trying not to get paint on a wall and got paint all over something else. Hi, I'm back. That's gonna sound weird. I recorded the first 17 minutes and then stopped. (laughs) But this is all just gonna be one episode, so hopefully you don't think that's super weird, but too late. Um, yeah, I took a shower and feel a little bit better now because I was able to take a shower without, like, breaking anything in the bathroom (laughs) or spilling something on it or anything like that (sighs) I'm not sure what like I'm trying to like think about what the um like what I should take out of that experience but of like getting paint all over the love seat but the main thing I just keep thinking about is how I put it on the love seat to get a little bit of paint off the back so that for the chance that it might get on the wall and then ended up getting it all over the love seat armrest. So I feel like that's like a, a some sort of lesson about um like trying not to fix like little problems that haven't even happened yet and then making bigger problems happen. I'm not sure that sentence made sense, but I know what I'm trying to say, and that's the important thing. <laughs> I just keep laughing now. I'm I'm glad that I got past, like, the feeling sad or, like, beating myself up about it, and now I'm at the point where I could just laugh about how silly that was. <laughs> well, you know, shit happens, I guess. Like, the last... Although you never, and part of the thing I'm trying to remember is that you never know what will happen with an apartment when you move out. You really never can know. Like, it's so weird. Like, the, um, there have been places that my sister and I moved out of and, uh, like, didn't think, didn't expect to get as much of our security deposit back as we did. 
so um like at this point I'm an expert in moving like if out of all the things in life that I'm an expert of moving is definitely one of them I've moved like four billion times <laughs> so you just can never tell like I definitely did not think that I was going to get my security deposit back at my last place <sighs> like I was very sure that that landlord was gonna like never give me anything and granted the only reason that landlord gave me my security deposit back is because I reported her and they wanted to do as much as they could like you know correctly after not doing after she didn't do anything in case I like filed like a small claim suit against her or something but <laughs> um but still, in the end, I ended up getting my security deposit back, which I did not think was going to ever happen. So, you never know. Maybe I'll find some, like, magical cleaner agent or find, like, the best person in the entire world that's ever done any um, cleaning of love seats to get paint out um, on Thumbtack, and they'll magically make it not look like that and in the meantime I'll just keep covering it up with a pillow because I don't like looking at it <laughs> the one thing that I have in my favor too is that I paint with acrylic paints um, like there's a lot of different kinds of paints you can use like you can paint the people who paint with like who do like landscapes or will paint like you know, like, still life stuff, um, or even just do paintings that are abstract, but they're not, like, fluid art, the fluid art kind of stuff that I do, um, they would use, like, oils, um, instead of acrylic paint, because, just because there's, and there's another kind of paint, it starts with a G, but I don't know how to pronounce it, and I'm, like, so curious about it, because people's paintings that use it, they, that I've seen that use it always look really nice, but I don't really know what I am meant to paint with that. <laughs> um, but anyway, the reason why I'm saying this is that because, um, fluid artists who do, like, the paint pouring kind of stuff like I do, we use acrylic paint because acrylic has the most amount of water in it so it's like the thinnest paint so we don't have to, like technically like the painting that I made this morning um that I now have to fix because I kind of ruined it um like it like you don't have to necessarily like mix the paint in anything in order to get it to work like I'm being like super lazy right now I don't want to the last couple paintings I've made I don't just I just don't feel like mixing up the colors in water which like granted um that's gonna make the paint like like use up the paint faster because if you mix it up with water then you don't use as much to get the same amount but whatever this is the last canvas I have anyway, and so, like, why, why I don't see the point in, um, doing more than that. Like, the, 
the canvases and paint and stuff that I need to get will be used for my sister's Christmas presents anyway. Um, like art, the art supplies that I get anyway, I mean, as opposed to like, you know, stuff for myself. So, um, yeah, anyway, so like the, I feel like the fact that the paint is the most water soluble and thinnest paint you can use might work in my favor. Um, I hope that's a fact, a more accurate fact, and that's just not something I'm telling myself to make myself feel better, but either way, I'll figure it out, um, whenever that day comes and I move out of this place and I have to figure it out. Other than that, not much has changed. Um, I've, like, wanted to organize the closets in my apartment lately um they kind of became a place that I kind of put whatever stuff just to get rid of like just to have a place to put it um I haven't really been able to organize much since I couldn't since like lifting heavy things was something that I was not supposed to be doing um but since I can lift some heavy things, although I'm still being careful, um, I've started doing that little bits at a time. And ever since, like, yesterday when I was thinking about if I had anything to sell, I keep thinking about whether I should sell all my tarot and oracle cards. Like, I have this really nice collection, and it just kind of sits there. I haven't been, like, using them to do readings for myself or anybody else and I don't really feel like doing readings for other people right now like I like doing them because I like helping people but um it's hard to do them for people online like the way the place that I did them before was reddit and it's not, it might sound weird but reddit has like a, a couple different um, whatever they're called, they're not called message boards on Reddit, but you know what I mean, um, of places where you can do, like, you can do readings, you can charge to do readings, you can do them for free, you can say, like, pay whatever you have available, well, well, whatever. Um, I did those in the beginning of the year to make some, like, extra money, but it's really inconsistent, and, it's also hard because people have this perception about people who do tarot, like the, or like if you want to call them psychics, is like that if you ask them, like, what will I have dinner for tomorrow, that tarot cards will somehow magically tell you the answer. <laughs> and that's not how it works. And, like, some of the time it was more confusing, like, um, when people would ask, like, is this relationship going to work out? And based on, like, the tarot cards and oracle cards I would get, I would be like, is this person in a relationship already with somebody else? Like, um, it would be weird. Like, you would almost kind of have to ask questions to... Like, people don't tell you anything because they think that if you tell you something, that's, like, cheating. 
And it's like, no, it's just, it makes the answer easier to figure out sometimes that when you get, like, a really cagey answer about the future or whatever, um, if you know going in that the person that you're interested in is dating or whatever with somebody else and you guys are cheating together, then it makes sense why, like, when you ask about the future of this relationship, it's really murky because there's too many... Like, it's like there's too many different decisions that need to happen that would cause so many different scenarios to really know for sure what will happen. Like, that the other person could decide to stay with the person they're with. You could decide that you don't want to deal with the drama. They could decide that they want to leave the person for you, but you decide that you don't want to deal with it, deal with, like, the baggage. Like, there's just so many different scenarios that and like people don't really get that they think that if they don't and especially like when people ask especially it's usually about love stuff and they usually want a certain answer and when you don't give them that answer or if or the answer is like you will be with this person if you work on all of your excess baggage that you've been carrying around since you were a child which I am an expert on but still that's like the stuff that that's the stuff that stops successful relationships from happening or like dating people that aren't you know the best for you or whatever they don't like that that's not an answer that people like to hear is that that if you work on yourself that your next relationship will be successful even if your next relationship isn't successful that you would be in a much better place because you'll be in a much healthier place and like things about yourself and things like that like people don't want that answer so they get mad and sometimes don't they give you any money or hardly anything or just end up fucking annoyed with you (laughs) so I don't really want to do the like tarot readings for other people like I was doing earlier in the year and I don't really feel like this sounds weird, but I don't really feel like that's, like, what I should do for, like, a job or anything like that. Like, I'm not someone that wants to start, like, a channel for tarot reading or mediumship or even do, like, mediumship or whatever as a, as a job or anything like that. It's more just kind of something that I can do, but that's not what I want to do for... I don't think that's what I should do for a job just because I don't know there's other things that every time I think about this stuff I'm always like but I want to help people though and by people I mean like I want to help like abuse victims especially child abuse victims and I don't know that doing tarot readings and mediumship readings are the absolute best way I can do that. Like, that could be part of what I do, maybe. But that can't be, like, all of it, just because there's so many other things to do to help those people than to do that. And, like, it's not really something geared towards... um, Like, there isn't... One thing that annoys me about about like spirituality stuff sometimes is that there isn't really 
at least that I have found, there isn't a, um, really a channel that I've been able to find that is, like, a tarot reader or whatever that has some, uh, history with trauma or, like, knows things about it. Like, they know somewhat about it, and spirituality is an area where you kind of have to be aware of it just because that's what a lot of people deal with who go towards that way and I think that a lot of people who do do tarot stuff or whatever as a job have at least some but sometimes the way that they talk I'm just like that's not right or like the or they just don't understand I'm having that with like true crime too it's (sighs) um I like too many things (laughs) like uh I've been watching this one true crime channel the last couple days that I've been really enjoying because she does really, like, super in-depth research. I'm actually kind of testing myself because, um, she has three, the lady that does it, every, every video she does is usually, like, an hour long. And sometimes, some cases she does, like, multi-part videos because it just takes a while to, like, tell the whole story of the case. And... She has a three-part video series for this one case um, called for Susan Powell, and that case is like a big, it's a big test um, for me to see if I can handle watching it without having problems, Um, so I'm like wanting to finish the other two videos or at least watch one of them tonight, because I watched one. But that, that one is, uh, like, before I went to Rogers last year and I was really, and all those things really triggered me, I tried listening to this podcast called Cold that was about, that was one that was just about that case. And, like, the second episode had audio and video, like, audio of a recording that the, basically, like, the Susan Powell is, was a wife and mom of two kids, um, it was really obvious from the beginning that her husband killed her, she just disappeared, and they've never found her body, and they probably never will, because he took, he, like, his story to the police was that he took him and his two, like, kids that were, like, young, like, three and five or something like that, camping, but it was, like, a time of year when it was, there was, like, a blizzard outside, and, like, they lived somewhere around the desert, so, like, the weather by deserts confused me, because it's so, like, extreme, like, during the day it will be super hot, and then at night it will be super cold, but, so, like, it was at least, like, not that nice out, but it wasn't, it probably isn't what I'm picturing as a blizzard in Wisconsin, um, but either way, like, he, he, like, was out in the desert that night and got back, like, the next, like, early the next morning or, or the next day sometime, um, and where it was was just, like, in the middle of a big desert area, so there's no way they're going to be able to find her body out there, um, and, uh, yeah, so when he came back, he was like, oh, I took my kids camping, and they're like, it was fucking snowing, why would you keep, like, take your kids camping, and his dad was, like, super, 
um, you could just tell he was super controlling and abusive and was talking to the media a lot and saying ridiculous things. His dad, like the, the husband's dad got, um, got arrested for having child pornography on his computer when his, when the, when the husband and the, and the two kids were living with him. And so then the husband got, um, got the two kids taken away from him for living with someone who had, his dad was, is so, is like such a malignant narcissist, but, um, the dad, like, was another one where he, like, recorded everything, and he, like, um, took videos of the wife that disappeared, like, he, like, said this story, like, that Susan, like, hit on him, and, like, wanted to have sex with him, there's no way any of that is true, like, we know that there's no way any of that is true, but that's the story he's saying right now, which means that he knows, like, he was somewhat involved in her death, if he was not, like, involved with how she died, he was at least involved in covering it up afterwards, but I would not be surprised if he was the one that kept telling his kid to kill his wife, because that's just the kind of dude he was, or he is, because he's still alive. Um, but that podcast, when I tried to listen to it, was, like, like, one, ep- the first episode in, there was, like, audio of, um, the dad, like, the husband's dad, when, when the husband and the wife were just dating, and he, and the dad was, like, being, like, I can tell you want me, and all this kind of stuff, and the girl, and, like, Susan trying to be, like, oh my god, no, but, like, you could tell from the audio that she was scared and because they were just like driving in a truck somewhere and how scary would that be that right after you're like in this car with someone you have no choice but to be in it and they're your like I think they were like fiance it was her fiance at that point like her fiance's dad is sitting there like hitting on you and and like acting like you've come on to him in the past and you've led him on and all this stuff that is not true like holy shit um that would be fucking terrifying because you never know what somebody like that is gonna do and like she didn't know that he was recording her too um but yeah so it's it's definitely like a triggery like story um but at the same time I feel like it's like almost like a test for me to see how I can handle it, like, I started getting, uh, one, not wanting to watch when I got to the end of the first episode, the first episode of hers was all just about the guy, like, the husband, because, oh, the, the end part of this story is that the husband loses custody of his kids once they find, like, all the child pornography on his dad's computer, because he let his kids live with someone who had that in their house, and a bunch of other reasons, like, it, like, people, they were, the police were investigating him for killing, for, like, murdering their mom, so, you know, um, but either way, like, the, the kids got officially taken away from him, and custody was given to the mom's parents, and he had, um, he had visitation, but it was, like, court-ordered, um, visitation, where, like, a court person had to be there, supervised, that's it, court-supervised visitation, so one of the like the first visit after he lost custody um the supervisor lady was there with the kids and he like grabbed the kids 
and put them in, like, and then, like, sh- and, like, slammed the door in her face and wouldn't let her in. And so she called 911 being, like, something's wrong. This guy just lost custody of his kids and he's, like, really erratic and we don't know what he's going to do and he, like, won't let me in and, um... And then a couple minutes, and the 911 operator was just not understanding what, like, a court or, like, court-sanctioned visit is. And it was, like, probably the most frustrating 911 call I've ever heard in my life. And then, like, when she's on 911, all of a sudden, um, the house just, like, blows up, like, in, like, this huge fire. And basically what happened was that the dad, like, grabbed the kids, slammed the door in her face and killed the two kids with, like, a machete or something really scary like that, and then set the, and then, um, set the house on fire, and did something to kill himself, too. So, basically, he killed his two kids, too, because, like, instead of his kids, like, and his kids were becoming so much, like, health, like, healthier and stuff when, the longer he was, they were away from the dad and, and his dad, um, the husband and his dad. So it's like, instead of his kids, like, becoming happy people and, and all that kind of stuff, um, and growing up and all that without, and, but he, him not being able to be there every day and control them, he just decided to kill them. So it's a really triggering story, like, there's a really scary dad that is crossing all kind of boundaries that's a narcissist that reminds me a lot of my dad and then the father like the husband in this story fucking kills his kids when he loses custody and um, they'll probably never find the wife's body now that he's gone I feel like the only way they're ever going to find the wife's body now is just by, like, some crazy happenstance, or if, like, the, like, the dad of the husband, like, gets dementia and just, like, tells somebody one day or something, because, like, dementia or Alzheimer's, where he, like, loses control of his mind and just starts spewing things out, because when you have dementia and Alzheimer's, you don't have a filter, you just say whatever's on your head, (laughs) um, that's the only thing I can think of, of how they're ever going to find her, is by, like, somehow a hunter finding her or something like that, but it's been a long time since she died, and they haven't found her yet, so, but yeah, um, but, like, in the, the lady that I'm watching, I really like her, but at the same time, she says stuff sometimes where I can just tell she doesn't understand, like, trauma and how it works, like, she was, she was talking about a case earlier today of one where, like, a, a five-year-old girl, her mom and dad had a not good marriage at all. They went on, like, Dr. Phil, and, like, the mom took the dad on Dr. Phil to, like, be like, I'm gonna show the world and show him, like, how bad his, um, behavior is, and then Dr. Phil was like, no, you're the problem, and, um, she was, she had definitely narcissistic E traits, like, where she, like, never let let him be alone, like, he would try to walk away from her after they had a fight to, like, calm down, and she would just keep, like, bothering him and bothering him, and, yeah, that's, like, the stuff that narcissistic people do, um, 
to try to like drive you over the edge basically always just keep pushing you over and over again um but anyway the mom like basically ran off with the kid just to like try to keep her away from the dad when they were getting divorced and then they found and the story and the video she did was because they like found the mom and the girl like six years later like a private investigator that the dad hired actually found them and she was talking about the girl and how she was like super skinny and hadn't really been eating food because her mom like hadn't been like providing her with food and all that kind of stuff and um and she said she was just like thinking about how she grew up in like a scary situation and and that she hopes she was like talking about how she was almost like sad that she was alive because she had to deal with like the trauma and I was like oh god that's not something you should ever say and then um the thing though that bothered me more was that she talked about uh what is the word I'm looking for um oh she was talking about how oh I hope she can like get back to normal and not be in this like scary situation and I like left her comment to be like no you don't understand like her mom has created a chaotic environment for her since before she was even like able to remember like chaotic environment like scary environments are normal for her like she has to now get used to living in a situation that's not like that and it, yet there's a difference there like that's really it's a good experience to go through like um I still have days like like today like on the weekends like um now like the fact that I can just lay here on the weekends and relax and watch whatever I want and people don't and I don't have to go anywhere or do anything if I don't want to and and the people that I want to see I'm only seeing people are doing things that I want to do um like that's still like kind of nice because I spent so long there's so many times that I would like see my see my parents or see my mom or um or get together with her where right before I would just not want to go because every time I saw her like there would she would always get like upset about some like perceived slight that my sister and I would say to her or after we got home she would we would cast my sister and I would be thinking we had a nice time and then she would email us acting like we never wanted to talk to her again and because one of us said one thing as a joke that she like is blowing up into like big proportions and stuff which is a narcissistic thing to do too by the way because that it was just all this attention from both of us going at her um doesn't matter if it was negative attention they just want attention um but for so long all that stuff was always going on and I and I didn't want to go like with family and now I now that I the last like two years or so that that I don't have to it still feels weird to like to like not have things falling apart almost like the last few months have been hard because of like landlord stuff health stuff money stuff like that stuff happens though that's just like life it's not like huge dramatic like arguments or fights or battles or someone calling me like freaking like once in the past like a few years like two years before I cut off contact with my mom 
I was driving to work in the morning and it was like the winter time and she called me and told me that she fell and hit her head on some ice when she was walking her dogs and she got back home and the back of her head was bleeding and I was like what and when and then I was about to say that I can just go and like I'll do, I have to like call my boss and tell them that I'll be a little bit late for work and I can take her to like make sure that to see if she needs to get stitches or something and she just hung up on me after telling me that the back of her head was bleeding and then I called her back and she didn't answer called her more than once and she didn't answer and I was like what the motherfuck and so then I called my boss or I like texted my boss and said like hey like my mom just called me and she like fell fell and hit her head I have to I'll be a little bit late for work. I'll get there as soon as I can. And they were like, yeah, that's fine. Um, cause that, that attorney boss was very nice. And, and I like called my mom back and she finally answered. And I was like, what the hell? But like, that's the kind of shit that would happen. Like she would call, who calls someone and is like, I just fell and hit my head and now it's bleeding, but I'm going to hang up now and not answer when you call back. What the fuck? But like, that's the kind of stuff that would happen all the time. Um, just kind of like, you know, things were always unstable and chaotic and that was like the norm by then, but like that was what I was used to. So like having a very more structured time where even when like, you know, health problems came up, there was always, it wasn't as like chaotic as then because it was even like when that all happened, there was a plan. Like I was going to go to the hospital and this day have this surgery on this day, had the second surgery on this day, probably released by this day. My sister was going to drive me back home. If something happened, I can just take like a lift or whatever to back to the hospital. That's only five minutes away. I have like a nurse coming in to check on me. Like there's all these things that were set up like a plan where even though it was like a very, like something that I had never been through before, it wasn't just like mass hysteria. (laughs) or like chaos or whatever, like it was before. So like, I wish there were people in the, like, who handled like true crime and like spirituality times that understood a little bit better the point of view of people who are traumatized because a lot of the things that probably confused them, they would understand better. Um, but I feel like that's what will happen in the next few years anyway. Like, people are talking a lot more about trauma than they ever have before. And people, so it's, like, people like me are talking about what we went through and talking about, like, the process of, um, the process of, like, healing from it and all that instead of just never talking about it and not dealing with it like people used to do before. Um, it's like a, like the backfiring thing is that people use like triggered and stuff as a joke, but at the same time, like I can hand, I'll deal with people misusing like trauma terms if it means that people even know what it means when people are actually triggered or having a flashback or whatever, instead of not knowing at all. (sighs) That turned into like a weird rant. I'm going to 
try to finish my test now and watch another one of the Susan Powell videos and see how I do. And I'm back. Hopefully this is the last weird, like, short-ish um, thing on this episode before I publish it. It should be. I feel like three is, like, my limit for whatever reason. Hi, Jordan. Um, but yeah, okay. So I finished the... I finished the two episodes I had to go of the Susan Powell case, so I feel accomplished. The first one was, the first episode was definitely the hardest one. It was a lot, a lot of that episode was about, that whole episode was about the husband Stephen Powell and his, like, childhood and, um, his parents' divorce, and his dad being a malignant narcissist, and, um, and uh, then, like, his pattern of behavior with women, and how his dad taught him to basically not respect women at all, ever, and, uh, yeah, um, so it was, it was hard to, hearing, like, um, hearing some of the things that he would do, or it was also hard hearing, like, how his dad was. I forgot that his dad died, so, like, they're never gonna find Susan Powell's body unless there's, like, some sort of divine intervention or something, which, I mean, there could be, you never know, but... Like, everyone... And I also forgot that his... He had a brother. Um, he had more than one brother. But he had one brother that was a couple years older than him, I think. And he was, like, the closest one he had in his family. They were really close. And um, his brother... Like, the police, like, found this car that he tried to hide in a salvage lot. That they think was related to where... Um, her body was, or is, and, um, and, like, when the police started asking him about the car and things like that, he killed himself. He just, like, jumped off of a building, uh, and, and that was after, um, Josh had killed himself and his two kids, um, so he was, like, the last one, really, um, that could have, told us something, but was like, nah, I'm just gonna kill myself instead, but I feel like the story of this family is, like, shows why or how, like, when the malignant narcissists are just so awful, because they don't think that you mean, or just narcissism in general, but they just don't they don't see their children as, like, the main thing that I think would, will, will help people understand, like, incest, like, where that, um, urge, I guess, comes from, because at part of, one thing I, I think I 
never knew for sure was that there was stories from Josh Powell's kids that they slept in like the same bed as him without any clothes on and considering his dad had child pornography and had talked about in his journals like doing things with his one of his sisters um I am very sure that his he he repeated things with his sons I would not be surprised at all if to hear that like Josh uh was like sexually abused by his dad too because he had no his dad had no boundaries in any kind of way um so yeah but I didn't know that but like one of the things about incest is that or like why why that urge is there and this I got from watching some videos done by psychologists and stuff it like really freaked me out the first time I heard it like I literally like screamed and then turned like turned YouTube off and basically just like laid in bed listening to music for an hour afterwards having a panic attack (laughs) oh no wait I didn't do that I instead of laying in bed having a panic attack I immediately got up and like basically stormed out of my apartment and went to do like DoorDash deliveries because that was during the about this time in 2018 when I had no money and the only way I got any money was through DoorDash delivery and was like, well, I can't think about that, gonna go by, but, <laughs> but now that I can handle it easier, I'm laughing at my past self, but now that I can handle it easier, um, I don't do that, it makes, as, like, freaky as it is to think about, it also makes sense, um, in a, like, a really fucked up way, like, it makes sense when you think about how narcissists act, but the basic idea is that narcissists don't see their children as, like their own selves they see them as an extension of of them so usually the whole thing with parenting from what other people say is that the joy part of the joy of it is seeing like your children like you bring your child into the world and then you get to see like your child kind of become their own person and and figure and like like make their own personality figure out their likes and dislikes and what they like to do and what they don't like to do and all these kind of things and figure out who they are and what they want to do with the rest of their lives and who they want to surround themselves with and so like you get to help support them figure all that stuff out but the good parents out there like just give them support in doing whatever they want to do that makes them happy and lets the child decide like what that means for them and it's just really supportive of whatever that happens to be. But like for but the like the extreme of like the other end of that is that narcissists they don't see the like they don't see their children as like independent people. They see them they see us as like just another part of them. So they feel like we're not our own people, we're their property. So they can do whatever they want to us because, like, we're their property because we are part of them. So they get to do with whatever they want with themselves, which is us. So when 
So when there's incest going on, the reason why, like, they kind of have that urge to even want to do any sort of sexual things with their child is because it's like a way for them to, it sounds really, really, really weird. And I'm going to put like a trigger warning here that if you don't want to hear what I'm going to say, because it does have like a little bit of sexual language, they use it like a sexual term. And if you're not ready to have that image in your head, then just like go forward, um, probably like 30 seconds and the word will be gone because I don't like using, um, I don't like using the actual terms for things because like the medical like words like the words you're supposed to use for the different anatomical body parts and stuff I don't like using them because my dad part of his like grooming me was him teaching me like the ana like the anatomical terms like the professional terms that you would learn if you look them up like in a book or something and so I don't like using the actual terms ever since because of that so starting now move forward like 30 seconds move forward 30 seconds starting now if you don't want to hear what I'm going to say one two three go okay so the word that I am also procrastinating saying is that um, that when that when a, like a family member is engaging in sexual acts with somebody who is related to them, especially if it's their children, they do that because it's like they're masturbating. It feels like they're having that they're having sex with themselves because they see their children. They don't see their children as another like an individual person that just happens to have their genes it's like no this child is my property it has my genes it's come from my family so this is me this is this child is an extension of me so if this child doesn't do everything that I want it to do then like I have failed because this is me and you don't get to tell me no because I am Because you can't tell me no when you're part of me. I get to tell you what to do. It's like that kind of thinking. It's really messed up. But I'm not going to pretend like it... Like it doesn't freak me out. Or like that it doesn't make sense. Or anything like that. Like it does make sense in a really fucked up way. It makes sense in the way of when you know... When you've been through narcissistic abuse as a child and makes sense when I look back at things that were happening in my life and um, and like helps kind of explain their thought process it's still really hard to understand that kind of thinking because it's so it's like the polar opposite of what I would I spend my time thinking about like I would never want to stop 
or try to make any human, much less a child that I brought into the world, do the things I want to do because it makes me happy in the in the expense of them. Like, that alone is just so, like, messed up. Like, there's so many examples of my dad doing stuff like that that wasn't even, like, the sexual abuse, but it was just, like, like, um, like, when he forced me to stop doing dance and made me join a basketball team for, like, the town over from where I live because I didn't make, like, the, because I couldn't be in the basketball team for the school that I actually went to because, um, because him and, like, the head coach, like, hated each other, so I couldn't be part of it because he was my dad. So, and I didn't want to actually do it. I wanted to do dance and, like, piano and stuff instead. But instead of just letting me do what I wanted to do, he made me stop doing what I wanted and do what he wanted, which was to do this sport because of his own ego, because he wanted to, like, show that coach, like, who's in charge or whatever. Like, I didn't have any part in it. Like, I can remember being in, like, fifth grade and being sitting at home, like, in my basketball uniform, like, completely dressed. Like, one of the family members of another, one of the kids, we, there was, like, a tournament that we are doing in Madison. And Madison's, like, the, is the capital of Wisconsin. And it's like, an, it's, like, an hour from where I grew up. And we were supposed to, and we are playing a tournament in Madison where you play like a couple different teams that day and however how you do from like all around the state and then how you do depends on like how like what levels you move up and and who gets to be like a ch- the champion or whatever um so we were supposed to go to like this tournament to start that whole process and a fam some like parent of one of the other kids on the team was supposed to come pick me up and So I was, like, dressed and ready to go, and then the dad, like, got in this huge fight with my dad on the phone. They were, like, screaming at each other and all this crazy stuff where he refused to come pick me up and take me. And so I just remember sitting in my bedroom, which was downstairs by then, and, and, like, fully dressed, just, like, so fucking angry because I actually liked playing sports like I used to do I did basketball because you know whatever he made me but I liked doing like soccer and like softball and and all that kind of stuff so I liked being active and, and doing those sports so I wanted to go to like that but it was also the fact that I could not go because there was no other way for me to get there. And it had nothing to do with me. It was because of my stupid-ass father. That, like, because he was getting in arguments with people's parents and just being an asshole, I had to sit at home and miss, like, and miss, like, the tournament is, like, what everyone on the team works to get to all year long. So, like, I was on the team all year, and then when it got to, like, the end, when the most important thing happens, I couldn't go because my dad was being a jerk. 
and it didn't have anything to do with me, but it, like, didn't matter because, because I was his kid. Like, because I was his kid, I couldn't, I couldn't go, and, like, because I was his kid the year after that, I had to, like, join a basketball team in the city, like, in the tiniest town next to ours where I didn't know anyone and nobody liked me, and I didn't even want to be there. (laughs) Because, as you can imagine, by then, like, basketball wasn't exactly the happiest sport for me to be playing. So, and there were, like, other things, like, he wanted my, he would get my sister to join, like, and do, like, softball and stuff like that when she was never into sports. Because she had, like, because she had a good body for it. She was athletic and could run and do track and field and was, like, skinnier and... I loved sports, but my, I was always, you know, a bit overweight, um, so, like, her body made more sense to do sports, so he basically, he would force her to do it, too, because in his mind, we were his property, we were him, we are his children, um, we were extensions of him, so we had to do what he said, because that's just how it worked. And, like, that's the best example you can give for that. Even outside of, like, the... Obviously, the sexual abuse, on my end at least, was definitely part of that. Like, that's why he was doing that as a way to, like... There's a lot that goes into, like, the sexual abuse part. But at least partly was because he um, felt like he could. And also because he wanted to assert like control and dominance on me and part of it honestly is like people I feel overthink it a lot a lot of it is just they they just want to be able to have sex with whoever they want and because it's like I get really really heated when I hear stories or or whatever, of people talking about, like, incest, like, it's not super fucked up, and, um, like, the whole stupid Game of Thrones storyline, like, incest is about power and control, it's not about, you know, like, having sex, because you're not having sex, one person is being raped, so, like, no matter what the, whoever it is, like, whether it's, like, a brother, sister, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter the, if it's someone in your family having, doing that with someone else who's related to them, it's not about that, they're not doing that, they're, someone is raping someone in order to feel powerful and in control, because, because, like, my dad could have gone out and cheated on my mom with anybody he wanted to, like, if, like, dudes do that all the time, he could have found whoever, to cheat on her with if that's what he wanted to do but he didn't want that he wanted to be able to like prove that he could do whatever he wanted to his kids or at least to me and did that in order to prove how powerful and almost prove how powerful and dominating and scary he was that he could come in my room in the middle of the night and do that to me 
and without even ex without even explaining what was going on and or like what he was even doing and that I would have no choice but to go along with it and that there was nothing I could do to stop it from happening again like he just wanted to be able to he hated it when people told him no so he found someone that could never tell him no because I was a child and I was terrified of him so there was no way I was going to tell him no I didn't want to die <laughs> um yeah that was that was intense I know that was intense for people that people who may have a hard time hearing that and then also um haven't gone through it before that's not an, I know it's not an easy thing to know like how it works when you're not someone who's been um who's experienced that I guess is the right word for it but that's how it is and I don't want to like bullshit about it I guess is the right word I don't want to, I don't like just throwing stuff in people's faces, but at the same time, I don't want to sugarcoat, like, the whole reason why I wanted to do this, because I wanted to have a place where I could just talk about whatever I wanted when it comes to, like, incest or sexual trauma or abuse or whatever, without feeling like I have to censor myself, because there's so much of that everywhere else. So, I'm sorry if that was too much for some to hear, but it's also just the reality of how it can be. And the other thing, okay, so the other thing that Stephen Powell, um, or the, yeah, Stephen Powell is the dad, but Josh Powell is the husband that killed his wife, um, so the other thing about the episodes about him and killing Susan is that it shows how completely messed up, like, the court systems are for children, like, with CPS and protecting kids, because he killed his children, and it was like, he was supposed to have, I learned, supervised visits. He was, he was having one supervised visit a week for three hours on Sundays, and, um, like, Susan Powell was, um, a Mormon, so he, when the kids were staying with, uh, her parents, they would go to church on Sundays for three hours, so they picked that day for the visits because he refused to let his sons go to anything related to, like, any kind of religion, because his dad was really big on um, saying that all religions are horrible and bad. So, um, but like he saw them and they they met at like a place, like basically went to like an office and went to like a building and had the visits there where there were like other parents with other kids during the same visits. And it, the other parents that were there with their kids were like 
weirded out by him and didn't want him to come anymore. And so instead of, like, letting... Instead of, like, switching him to another building or telling the parents to just, like, fucking deal with it or whatever, they, like, let them change the visits to his house. And, like, they found... they And at the time, like, the host of the video made a really good point is that, like, at the time, the police knew that he killed his wife. They knew for sure. They knew the entire time that he was the one that killed his wife. Um, they knew that he killed her. There is no question. So, like, it was just the police made a lot of, like, big errors in this case. And one of them was definitely not just arresting him and charging him with murder and knowing that all the evidence and the fact that his alibi was that he went camping in the middle of a fucking blizzard was good enough was like a good enough case to go on even if they didn't get any more but for whatever reason they didn't arrest him but like um well like they talked about how like the they they when they looked through all of the stuff in his dad's house they found photos that he drew of like basically child pornography kind of stuff and that wasn't enough for them to just like never to like protect his children from him so it's like like why is the whole thing of cps so focused on reunifying the parent with the child like the the host of the videos that I was watching made a really good point where they were like this system seems to put the parents wants and needs over the child's because like what if the child is in a really bad like situation they're forced to go back with the parent which is what the parent wants, but they're forced to go back to a really bad environment because the other option is to just live with complete strangers. Like, that's... It shouldn't be like that. And especially in this case, like, he w- he was about to be arrested for killing their mom. His dad was caught with child pornography on his computer. Like, his dad was caught with pictures that he took of his next-door neighbors that were children, like, through a window in their house, and he, like, took photos and video of, like, his son's wife, Susan, who was killed uh, when they were married. He would stalk her, basically, and, like, his, and, and, like, the dad, like, Josh, like, the husband, I mean, he, like, had drawings that he drew himself of like, adults and children doing sexual things, and so, like, how is all of this happening and being out there, and, like, plus, like, the kids started saying things, like, oh, my mom, like, when people ask, like, oh, where's your mom, oh, my mom's dead, she, like, oh, my mom stayed in the car when we went to go get, like, crystals when we went camping, and then my and then my mom left with my dad and my mom never came back. Like, um, like what? (laughs) 
So, like, if all of that is evidence out there and CP and like the CPS or like the court system is still like, yeah, but he should get to see his kids one day a week for three hours. Like, why? Why should he be seeing his children if the police are about to arrest him for murdering their mother? And and it has and is like drawing things about how he has sexual feelings is like sexually aroused by children like why why should he see his children like that doesn't even make any sense and like especially the idea of like oh well the people at like this house are freaked out by him so let's just let him like have the visitations at home like that doesn't make any sense either that's like rewarding him for being like so messed up that other people who can't see their kids without a supervised like a supervisor standing there are freaked out by him and that's not how it should work like if anything have him do his visits in a room by himself instead of around a lot of other people or just or tell the other people to suck it up but like the fact that that's like the options that they had or that's like how the system worked and that's how it still works now. It's just so weird. Like, it can, you can tell that it's set up by people who have never experienced, like, anything close to what the people who they're trying to help have experienced. Like, no one who's actually been in an abusive home would ever set up a system that made, like that was basically like we have to reunify the families no matter what because that's the whole thing of like when you're been abused as a child is that that's the whole like battle honestly when you like cut family out of your life so many people are like yeah but they're like family and they're blood and you should forgive them why like just because I'm related to them like that doesn't that's not good enough But, like, that's how a lot of people see it. They think that you should just... You don't want to, like, regret things one day. I will... And, like... That stuff, obviously, because of what I've... Like, cutting my mom out... Really made me upset. Because... There's no way that... I will never regret cutting my mom out of my life. The only thing if there's any regrets there it's that I regret that I didn't figure it out sooner so that I didn't spend as long as I did um just unhappy and super depressed and just just kind of trying to deal with all the chaos like I wish that I would have figured it out sooner in my life so that that could have stopped earlier but it, at least it happened when I did. So, but like, still, like, that's not something that I'll ever regret. And so it's like, why? So, like, if I was a child right now, like, the CPS system would be trying to reunite me with my mom. And it's like, but why? Especially if I told them everything that, like she had done like why are you trying to put me back with someone who knew that my dad was raping me for years and didn't and like helped him hide it and just like left me 
and abandon me to that? Like, why would you want her to be around me? Or, like, even let her be around children, much less her own, when that's the kind of choices that she is willing to make? Like, but that's the system that they have set up right now. That's what it's supposed to do. And it's just like, what? And it, it always, for me, it always goes back to the fact that they don't actually listen to children. Or they don't believe children. Like, when, when children come forward with, like, saying, like, my mom or my dad or my coach or my teacher or whoever is abusing me, it's never, um... It's never, like, just believed. It's like, oh, well, they, mu- they must be confused. This can't be real. This can't actually be happening. They, they must mean something else. Or who told you to say that? Or they're making it up to try to get attention. It's never just this child told me something that is obviously bothering them a lot because they just told like an adult something like kids like we know when something feels wrong which is why most victims of child sexual abuse tell at least one other person because we can feel that this is wrong but even though like whoever it is is telling us that it's not wrong that it's okay and that we're just the ones that are wrong like we still can tell that this isn't right which is why we end up like blurting it out to like random people sometimes um but like if people just believed us when we said that stuff that a lot of things would if if like the system put the importance and like the yeah put the importance on what the child says is happening as opposed to the importance is on like the parent and their own rights like if they put like the the importance on the child and their happiness and like their right to live in a household that doesn't traumatize them every day then like, CPS could actually do things to help people. Because, like, if they did that, they would have to change their entire system. But it should be changed because it doesn't work. And, like, like I didn't tell anyone if CPS... I don't think CPS ever came to our house. I tried to look into seeing if they did, but I don't think they... I asked, like, the county that of where we lived at the time and they said that there was no record of them ever coming to our house so I don't think they ever came somehow but like even if they had like I wasn't ever gonna admit the truth to them likely because I was scared of what would happen if because they would try to unify me with my parents again and like trying to telling CPS what's actually happening and then ending up with them again alone would be like that's like basically being brought to like people to like my murderers 
like that's not something that any kid who's being abused is ever going to do because we're fucking terrified of our abusers we're not gonna sit there and like say something if the system that we're about to get introduced into is based on putting us back with the people that we just told professionals that can get our parents in trouble that our parents are the ones abusing us like that doesn't even make any sense (laughs) it's like like the police are super like fucked up and corrupt but but it's like if it's like if people went into to like you know when people come in because they like witness they like realize that someone they know murder someone and they know this bit of information that can help the police like arrest them and and charge them with murder it'd be like if you come in because you witness something um and you want the person to get caught if after that you have to mandatorily like live with the person you just reported for like the next three months (laughs) like that's like the that's basically the what the system is like and it's just fucking stupid like that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard and like the fact that it's existed this long without anybody ever changing it it just shows how how the people who how the kids who are actually abused don't get a voice at all because if anybody listened to us they definitely wouldn't be doing that anymore so it's like the people who are in charge of it and tell them what to do they obviously have never actually experienced most of what the people that they talk to every day go through because if they did they wouldn't be doing what they're doing 